Hey, it's Dr. Whitney. I'm an author, a coach, and a mama to two growing girls. Yep, I do it all. Well, actually, that's not true. I used to do it all. Now, I only really do the things that matter most to me. If that feels too good to be true, it's not. Here's the thing. Before I became a mom, I was totally thrilled with the idea of doing everything and being everything to everyone. I was told that if I just kept swimming, everything would work out fine. But I was dead wrong. Hustle culture, perfectionism, and the endless hamster wheel of work mom life weighed me down. That feeling of never giving enough but having absolutely no more to give brought me to my knees. My first daughter, who was diagnosed with autism this year, was an endless well of needs. My relationship with my husband was full of more resentment than love. Our second daughter felt left in the dust and told me one day she thought I didn't love her. But I couldn't get off the roller coaster of my working mom life. I was heartbroken, but I was also exhausted and hardly ever the joyful present mom or career woman I always thought I'd be. Making time for activities that fed my soul on a regular basis? <laughs> what time for that? And as a result, I wasn't as effective at my job. I didn't show up as my best self at the office. My performance suffered at home and at work. Do you identify with that? To feeling completely overwhelmed and overworked? To drowning in mental clutter and a sea of stress? To wishing you had more to give at the office and at home? That was me burnt out and ready to call it quits until I decided I couldn't juggle that demand, those heavy burdens of life, of motherhood in the workplace without a sustainable system I could use to get off and stay off the hamster wheel. So I created a framework that worked for me, but also for all the other caregivers I connect with in my clinic and online. And now I coach career-focused caregivers to organize their stress and clear their mental clutter so they can live purposeful, aligned lives. I help overwhelmed moms get off the work-life home hamster wheel so they can be the parents, partners, people, and professionals they always dreamed they'd be. Are you ready to live a more joyful, productive, and mentally uncluttered life? To give more without draining yourself? To spend your time, energy, and focus on what matters most to you so you can thrive and everyone around you can too? Then go to modernmommydoc.com and click on coaching so you can be part of the momversation. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full time pediatrician and a full time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney, and today I'm welcoming Rachel Brooke. Rachel, I know from Bird Cycle, which is the spin studio that I go to, which really dumbs it down. It's That shouldn't be how I explain it. I mean, it's like a spiritual experience, I feel like, when I'm there, especially with Rachel. So, Rachel, welcome to the show, and please introduce yourself. Mm, that was such a nice intro that I'm very grateful for. I love doing what I do and I love quote teaching fitness and that's not what it really feels like to me. So it means the world when I hear that people say it's more of an experience for them. I'm so glad we're both in Portland, Oregon. It's so nice to see people in person and know people. And yeah, I'm here today. I teach movement and fitness and mindfulness and I used to be so gung-ho on doing fitness in a million kajillion ways, lifting all the weights, using all the equipment, and now I've really honed in my practice to less being more, and I'm so excited to talk about that today with you. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to talk about this idea of Americans in particular, but I think also moms, you know, most of my listeners are are moms that are here and women in general, of feeling this need to be in constant motion and feeling uncomfortable with the idea of slowing down. Tell me how you see that show up in the sessions that you teach, in the classes that you teach. I'll use an example of today. (laughs) I taught a spin class and it was slow and it was heavy and, you know, everyone's sweating. I'm not even, I don't even teach on the bike most of the time anymore. That's just not how my nervous system of my body likes for me to work out anymore, but I've been doing it for so long. So that's a whole other story, but I'm watching people really be challenged by the depth and the slowness. And I know that's not for everyone. I know some people come to a spin class and want it to be quick and fast or workouts that are loud. And I still play loud music. We still do fast moments. There's good functions for all of that. But in that class today, you know, people sign up, it's a cardio class. It's, you know, a conditioning class. It's using this piece of equipment that slowing people down, I actually notice makes people work harder, be more present, be in their body, be in the experience and have more long lasting effects, be it their metabolism or be it their thoughts or be it, you know, the challenge that came into their mind and they like worked through energy and motion, emotion. Someone today after class was like, I cried in class. And not that that's my goal, but when we slow down, we can have those experiences versus when we're going quick and fast and loud and distracted would be the word. I used to teach classes that I think were very distracting classes and I love them. I loved going to them. I love doing them. And, you know, every once in a while I'll dabble into that, but I don't really believe that the average, you know, speaking to American and what I've seen, what I'm learning, what I'm experiencing for myself. I don't think the average person today that's been conditioned in fitness, the way we've been taught the last, let's say, 10 years of boutique fitness being on the scene. I don't think, I I actually don't quite remember what I was saying, but where I'm ending the sentence, (laughs) I really think that it was hard for us to not be distracted. We wanted distractions. We wanted flashiness. We wanted to, you know, come in, tune out, and that's it versus I think there's a way that you can tune out all the noise and then tap into your own self and your own body. And that can't happen with the distraction. So it's been really fun to see that shift in fitness, see it shift for myself, experience for myself, and now kind of watch it trickle out to other people. Totally. Did the person who said they cried, were they 
happy that it brought them to that place or did it make them feel uncomfortable? Do you think? Great, great question. I really think I look back at my career, you know, I taught at Soul Cycle, I taught at Barry's Boot Camp when those companies, I think they're still, you know, regardless of what people believe, doing great, doing their thing, mm-hmm. really headlined the boutique fitness scene in some really phenomenal ways. And I'm so grateful that I got I, I got to teach for them. I t- was taught by them. I had mentors at both places and I built friendships and clients and lifelong situations through that. But I look back at that career and I do look back at some of my training and I was not trained and people really weren't trained to hold space for people going through big things. Mm-hmm. So I do think in the past, there must have been situ- many situations where folks might have an emotional release that they're not really held in in those spaces. Again, not dissing them at all. And I think the fitness scene in general is changing a lot. I'm seeing a lot of people change. And in that, I do think in the past, yeah, I probably had people cry in class and they were like, this is uncomfortable or I'm triggered. I'm experiencing something. I, you know, I feel unsafe. And I've spent the last three, four years really focusing and learning and getting mentored in and certified in all these different ways to, for lack of a better term, be, you know, trauma informed, trauma aware and be able to still teach my kick-ass cardio classes, you know, that are in boutique fitness spaces and hold a more ethical space for people to have those experiences. And that's come with so much time for me. So that being said, I can't speak for that exact person today. My hope is that they they did act and say it as if, you know, that was really what I needed, more or less, is what I heard from them, which was really cool. And I do hear that a lot. And I my response to them actually was, oh my gosh, I make myself cry all the time too. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> Don't like, worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the reason that I was asking is, you know, it's funny. I'm the type of person, I love a good cry. Like I love a sad movie. I love the release of that. I love a good sad song. But I think that sometimes the being quiet, if I'm being totally honest, it's really difficult for me because it faces not just, it makes me face not just emotion, but like my own emotions. It it leaves me more with the anxiety that maybe I have underneath it all, you know, Mm -hmm. because I have to just be quiet with myself. And that's really hard. It's easier to be distracted, I think, for all of us as moms. And I think because we, we, the way that we live our lives, we're basically practicing being distracted like day in and day out. That for me, sometimes it's more work to sit in that space I'm so the right person to talk to about this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is um, it happening for you too, even though you teach classes? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I You're catching me at the end of two months being totally off. I have not worked out. I have moved. I go on walks. I, you know, move when my body calls for movement, but to be someone known as, you know, a trainer at big studios, I had digital apps myself. I was running a fitness business. And I was dealing with severe chronic pain and severe anxiety and things that I couldn't get diagnosed. And that's after my whole, you know, panic disorder and clonopin addiction that I dealt with for many, many years, numbing the like, I didn't want to, I wanted to be, I wanted to be so distracted. And I was, I would take a lot of clonopin and I could somehow run on a treadmill at a Barry's boot camp class. Like what? Granted, I was yeah. like 20, 22 and like, sure, no, yeah. Almost, almost 32, like even this, you know, I can barely do even just a normal day that I did when I was 22. But 
I, re- I really did not want to sit and be with myself. And that all came crashing down. And I'm so grateful for the support and medicine and so many different people and situations that supported me to get to the other side of that. That then was about a month before March of 2020, where we were all in our rooms, not able to leave, had to be with ourselves. And I thank the universe every day that that my rock bottom happened six months prior to that point, because Mm -hmm. I had to take those six months prior to March 2020 and learn how to be with myself. And then obviously I was holding space for a lot of other people and it led to where I'm at today. But I say that because it's I I now that I'm, you know, we can put together the dots when we look back. We can't put together the dots when we look forward. So I do feel fortunate to be I think I'm an old soul and, you know. 31-year-old body that I look back and I'm like, that feels like 20 lifetimes. How was that just my 20s? Like, so psyched for what's next for this and really feeling like my purpose, my dharma came from experiencing what I experienced in such a short amount of time and being in the fitness scene. And now here I am, you know, I had all these chronic things. I'm like, wow, it's been three years. You know, I have, I've slowed down so much. And in that slowdown, it's been so uncomfortable and Things, you know, have changed for me. And then I look at those old videos of me or photos of me from four years ago. And I was like, you know, doing the most and going and thought that I was not doing enough. And I look at her and I'm like, oh, no, like she actually does look unwell. She does look kind of distracted. She like I can see it in my eyes. And meanwhile, that whole time I'm like, no, I need more. And here I am. And, you know, I I feel better than ever. I feel healthier than ever. I would love to sweat a little bit more when I want to. Nobody calls for it. Yeah. And a lot of these, you know, chronic pain, chronic illness, chronic anxiety has started to dissipate. And I'm getting my body back to, you know, not a totally perfect nervous system, but a nervous system that can respond to stress and then enjoy the relaxation. And the thing that's helped me the most, and I know I'm going on a long tangent here, but, you know, saying how uncomfortable it can be to be in quiet and not have the distractions is I met with this woman who she specializes in the psoas. And the psoas is, you know, in Chinese medicine considered, you know, the messenger to the soul. And her name is Liz, and I'm like totally blanking on her last name right now. I have a lot of Liz's I've asked for support from, but she's all about connected core awareness. And I met with her at the beginning of this two-week journey, two-month journey of mine. I was like, Liz, give me all the answers. Tell me, you know, I want to keep my pain was in my psoas. And I'd finally figured that out. And she was just like, you're funny. You're trying to go into the next two months the way that you've been living your whole life. You're going into two months of rest as intensely as you do your whole life. Yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) The whole time, you know, then we talk about the psoas and that's also another story, but she gave me just this one assignment to sit in what's called constructive rest, where you're on your back, your knees are bent, your feet are on the floor, barefooted, and to close my eyes and to just do that every day and <laughs> like that be it. And actually she wanted me to kind of keep living my normal life, you know, not just like stop the way mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm going cold Turkey. I'm going to stop. Right. I'm stopping. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. Like this has to, this is going to then be a practice in your entire life. And so this was just eight weeks ago and week one, I would try sitting there for, you know, 30 seconds, five minutes and was going wild. Like I wanted to grab my phone. I, I wanted craved, needed those distractions. My body itched to move. By week two, 
I think I cried while I was in it. And I, you know, then got sleepy and took a nap. Week three, I now notice so many other things I do. I'm not going on a walk listening to podcasts at the same time. I'm just, yeah. I don't know why I did that. I know they can't see me as if I was walking a dog. I have a cat. Like, <laughs> going on a walk. Yeah. But now I go on a walk and I don't listen to anything. I'm there. I'm present. I cook yeah. now without a TV show on in the background. And yeah. I, you know, that's in week three, week four, week five. I now notice when I'm in constructive rest, my stomach kind of gurgles because it's digesting in that wow. moment. And I guess all that to say that, yeah, it's so uncomfortable. And yeah, you know, I'm quote, a um, movement professional and I do this for a living and I dab, I'm like a little experimenter for like different trends and I'll try mm-hmm. it all out. And I'm the experiment also and experimenting on myself, somebody with chronic anxiety, someone with chronic pain, a chronic anything resting has been the key. And I know there's people out there that, you know, they specialize in that. It's it's hot right now to talk about nervous systems and regulating it. So I'm not even going to pretend to try to talk about that, but I want to learn about it. And I think everybody should experience it for themselves as an experimenter and, uh, and the experiment all at the same time. And it will be uncomfortable because we are so conditioned. I'm not a mother, but I see my mom friends. I see my own mother and I see what I imagine motherhood potentially being for me, being lots of distraction. You have other living humans that you're taking care of their nervous system. You're making sure that they feel safe. So telling, making sure that your own body feels safe is, I mean, probably on some scientific level and mental level that's been proven it's like it's the last oh yeah no 100 percent. it's like your body if you're not showing your nervous system that you are not running from a tiger basically it just never slows down i i love what you said too about how liz liz whatever her last name i'm gonna look it up right now i love her so much how she said you know, no, 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 no. You have to keep on living your life while you do this. Because I think that happens for a lot of us that we go, when things are perfect, when my kids are grown, when I have the perfect job, when I move into my new house, that's going to be shiny and new. That's when I'll start doing the things that are really good for me. And that's when I'll start like practicing being able to be quiet. It's like, well, geez, you're living in your life right now. And like, however you are now is how you're going to be once you get to that perfect, like quote unquote, perfect place too. So yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. I want to talk to you about this idea. You talked about this in your classes about exercise, not being a punishment and not being something that we have to like get through in order to be able to enjoy our lives. Talk to me about that. Cause I think there's so many women who feel that way, who feel like this is something I have to do to my body so that way I fit in or I'm okay. I will. I do want to say her name is Liz. I want to say Cook. It's K-O-C-H. It's not, or you might <laughs> pronounce that differently. Yeah. Anyways, Liz, K-O-C-H. So as if people look that up and nervous system, it's just, it's changed my life in a short amount of time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was a professional dancer. I... I even breathed incorrectly. Like I would inhale and suck in 
versus inhale and let the, my diaphragm expand. You know, I'm, I'm working on that now and I haven't danced in 10 years. <laughs> and so not just being a dancer, but I think being anyone, you know, I think right now between the age of 25 and 45 and beyond, but what mm-hmm. we all experienced in whatever generation we all are, <laughs> whatever we experienced in like the nineties and early two thousands that were teaching us fitness and, you know, thinness and all of mm-hmm. that. And then we were rewarded when I can't think of the amount of times in my life that I was at my lowest mentally, physically, hormonally, and yet I was the thinnest and or most thin for my body. And people would celebrate that or congratulate or I would get I would get to be yeah. on the poster for the photo shoot. Like it was rewarded. And that continue to perpetuate, okay, I'm going to choose the option in which I get rewarded because we all want to be included. We all, we all want to be included. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered, we want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. I want the speaker deal. I want my husband to be like, oh, wow. You know, when I come to the bathroom, I want my parents to be like, oh, you look like you've lost some weight. What do you do? I mean, <sighs> and I, I want everyone <laughs> that talks like that. I just, I want to, I want to give them a hug. Yeah. I want to ask them how they feel about themselves. Exactly. And say, it's okay that we were all taught what we were taught. I mean, these yeah. ideal beauty standards, I do think of my hetero, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, my relationship, my straight relationship with a straight white man and watching him. I mean, he came into our relationship so authentic and made me feel beautiful. And it's been the best thing ever. And again, mm-hmm. also another story, but our conversations of what a man like him has been taught is supposed to be beautiful in a yeah. woman. Like that's been so amazing to hear from him. So, I mean, anyone listening to this, it's also, it's be it man, partner, whoever it is, what we've all been conditioned to find attractive in each other. Like we don't actually find that. Like our, what we find attractive is, is the soul. I mean, now I'm getting, it's not about the body. It is the soul. And I think people can't, we can say it all day and until people can be in that kind of relationship that shows that to them or have that relationship between themselves and know that like they are not their body, like they're so much more than that. And yet we live in this material world where we are quite literally are our body. Mm -hmm. I I work in grief a lot too. So, you know, I'm used to uh, even myself included in grief. I'm like, okay, like my spirit understands I'm forever connected, but then my body's like going through trauma. 
my butt mind right. is going through yeah. it. So <laughs> Here I, I am in the real world. Congratulations uh, to my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's hold both. So somehow that gets back to the idea of, you know, we've then been conditioned and taught what are beauty standards, what our partners will find attractive. And all of that is BS that other people have put, marketing companies have put out there so that they make money. Nobody profits off of are nobody profits off of us being confident. Everybody profits right now off of us being insecure. Us, just yeah. whoever you are, companies will profit off of that. Of course. Um, and so in that, we have to really sit and be like, something I did actually on social media I'll share is I unfollowed every person that my old mindset, this was even like a year ago, that my old mindset was wanting myself to look like women's bodies, whatever it was in fitness, yeah. trainers, all that. I just, I unfollowed them, not because anything was wrong with them, but it was, you know, what I was feeding my own eyes. Yeah. And I started paying really clear attention to specifically for me, women that I followed, that I found beautiful, that had bodies that were very different than mine. And that I found their style beautiful. I found their energy beautiful. I found their vibe beautiful. And my whole feed is now that. And they're like, I, I had never followed like influencers before. Yeah. And it was pretty much like I unfollowed a bunch of like people I knew in the fitness world. Yeah. And I refollowed all these people like living life. And, you know, and of course it's social media. They're dealing with all their own stuff. Sure, as well. of course. But it just, it started to feed my eyes this idea of like, wait, 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 Rachel, you actually find that beautiful. And it's about yeah. so much more than that. And that was just this little thing that I did that like changed a lot for me. And it would just reinstate like on days I'd be hard on myself or back to your question, the working out as punishment. I was working out a lot as like, if I work out, I'll get rewarded. So however, in the yeah. psychological term, yeah. equals punishment. Um, <laughs> if I uh, don't, then I have punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah, working out, you know, because you did, because you indulge or lived your life or what we're taught right. is, you know, a guilty plot, whatever. Now I must work out to earn that. Like all of that, the minute that I would start to hear those thoughts, I'm like, I'm not perfect. I still hear some of those sure. thoughts. It's deeply conditioned in me. I would take a minute and really ask myself, no, no, no. What do I find beautiful? What do I find attractive? What do I find as a quality of life? That's like, makes me feel alive. And I, I would alive and I would keep leaning towards that. And that ultimately meant I love spin and I love cardio and I love working out. My body only loves it a couple times a month. It only likes it once a week, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I have to really feel, it's taken me a while to like feel the call in my body for mothers, hormones, breastfeeding, you know, mothers that then have given birth or figuring out menstrual cycle, whatever that means. And I know that you can be a mother without a menstrual cycle, but all of like hormones come into play no matter what human body you are in. And our world's based upon this like patriarchal system of a, of a, male body, I'm totally butchering this, a body that doesn't have seasons and doesn't have cycles and doesn't create life through yeah. the uterus. The world is created and designed for that. And fitness is then created and designed for that saying, Hey, look like this, have these tiny little muscles have, we're not supposed to have six packs. Like it's just, it's right. not in our anatomy. And yet we've been conditioned to think that and it just, it blows my mind. I'm unlearning every day. And all I'm trying to talk circles about in is find finding what works best. And I find that brings me love and joy and attract and attractiveness or 
makes me feel gratitude for life and then starts to feel, you know, like a gift and like, you know, a life force energy, that's what working out should be. That's yeah. what breaking that sweat should be. You're taking care of your body so that you can lift your base. I, I also teach for bar three and just, I love the idea of functional fitness too. And just, you know, it's just my favorite. Again, there's a lot of moms in that company or around me in that company. And it's like lifting up your child, yeah. Know, like, don't you want to be able to bend over and do that? So yeah, let's train for that. And I'm always like, yeah, in the back. Yeah. I'll, pick, I'll pick up my cat and like, it'll be great. <laughs> and just like, also, you know, mad respect for people having babies. So fu- I think there's, you know, the functionality of fitness, the science behind fitness, the everybody being so unique that like we could all do the same workout every day, eat the same thing. And we're all going to look different. We're just all going to fit a pair of jeans differently. Even if we have the same diet and same workout routine. So finding really what actually brings you joy. I don't think working out should ever be a punishment. I can understand it being a a drive for a quality of life that you really want to live. And that sometimes does have to come with that discipline and that drive and a little bit of, you know, pushing yourself. But I know you've mentioned to me something you liked about what I talk about in class, which is the idea of, you know, checking in with your capacity that day. Yeah. And if you can check in, if you can get it, be it intuition or hands on your body or just like sitting there for like two seconds, like really asking yourself if you want to do the workout. And then if you get a yes, yes, go to that spin class, go to that berries class, lift those weights, do that thing when that yes is loud. But the 70% of the time that yes is not that loud. It's tired. It's hungry. It needs food. It needs water. It needs rest. We have, we have to do that. And I think rest is sometimes more needed for our bodies, for our nervous systems. Something else, and then I'll let you ask me a new question. Something else that I really love is thinking about, and it sometimes breaks my heart when I talk about this because I did this to myself and I watched many, many, many hundreds of clients do this to themselves as well, wanting to take cardio classes to lose weight, wanting to, yeah, yeah, just take cardio classes to lose weight and stack them on, do doubles of spin classes or whatever it is. When our bodies are not in a nervous system state, that's rest and digest, when we're in fight or flight, our, and we're doing, we're throwing in cardio in that, our body's like, whoa, 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 I need to stay safe. And now, now I'm freaking out when, and if, you know, we're restricting our diet as well, the body then will be like, I need to stay safe. Let me, let me keep these calories. Like, no, like it starts to hoard it all. And it's just like, "Mm." so I think in fitness when like, again, I love cardio. I love that kind of movement. But when we're, you know, seeing people come in day after day after day, because they want to just like lose weight it's like you're freaking out your nervous system a little bit more. And so actually more people, when they find more time to rest and add in a little bit of, you know, cardio for cardiovascular health, you know, strength training for bone density and for muscle building, they will, if their goal was to lose weight, let's say, they will see that as a result because their body will start to feel safer. It'll You'll be able to eat more because your body will say, oh, now I know what to do with these calories. Cool. Give me more. And watch that happen. And, you know, I look at me for 10 years and the way that I, you know, thought I needed to lose weight and I was like so sick and unhealthy. I look at, you know, celebrating people coming to my cardio classes seven days a week and it's like, Oh, if, again, if I could go back and just hug everyone that then also said to me, you look thin, you look great. Did you lose weight? And just be like, no, 
together. We're going to gain weight. We're going to like, we're going to be happier and healthier and feel as good as we can. That's, that's my dream. Oh my goodness. Okay. I feel like there's going to be people crying right now, just listening to this. I hope so. I feel like that is such gold right there because I think most people operate in a way that's completely opposite to that of if I'm not getting the results I need, what I need to do is push harder. If I'm not getting it in the way, if I'm not losing the weight, if I'm not looking the way I want to, what I need to do is keep again, punishing myself, keep on like, I, I must, there must be something wrong with me as opposed to if we honor ourselves, if we honor our bodies, if we honor the rest, we need being able to be more successful in the end. And actually I don't mean successful in terms of like weight loss. Although I think that is obviously that's true, but I think, you know, more successful in terms of being a more whole person, right? Like being a person who's happier in your own body, who's more content with who you are. And again, like you, I am still work in progress. I don't think any woman in the United States of America, <laughs> hardly anyone that I've met feels and yet we can keep on doing the the work of honoring ourselves. Rachel, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. It was amazing to have you tell people where they can find out more about you. If they want to work with you, if they want to, you know, do stuff on the fitness realm or any other things, tell them where you are. Well, right now I'm redoing almost everything in my life, which I'm really pumped about with, with taking this break, you know, with eliminating those distractions, you're able to let the truth come through. And I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot to change. But right now I'm just on Instagram at Rachel Brooke. It gets a little confusing because it's Rachel A-E-L and then B-R-0-0-K-E for Brooke but maybe I'll get tagged and we'll figure that out. So that's the main way I, I do work with clients. I call it personal training, but it's like, it's way more than that. We get to do so many other things and I do digital for bar three. So I have a lot of cardio workouts on the bar three digital app, which I adore. And they're amazing cardio workouts to do when your body's calling you to do it. And then of course, burn cycle in person and I teach kind of all over at many different places, sometimes retreats, sometimes hotels, and that can be fun too to follow along. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And everything I'm talking about and teaching right now, I'm so excited for this new wave and generation for all of us. We all deserve to feel so beautiful and so good in our bodies and so happy and be holistically as in like W-H-O-L, like whole and healthy in so many ways that it's going to take a lot of unlearning and a lot of re kind of identifying our, our personal standards of health and beauty and success. And there's no better time, I think, than yes, the chaos of motherhood and child rearing and your body changing and the lack of control that can come with, you know, the most beautiful experience of birth. What an amazing time to also let your life evolve as well and your opinions evolve as well and all of that change and just be like, oh my God, I'm so power. I'm mother. Like I am, I'm, I'm mother. Like that's amazing. That's life force energy. And I think we're going to change the world with all that. And if we're doing it in fitness too, that's awesome. Awesome. All right, you guys, we're going to put all the links in the show notes. Thank you again, Rachel. Thank you, Whitney. Hey, 
mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.